everything that you are about. And that's the Lord's heart towards you. And um, I just want to read. I sought the Lord and he answered me. This is Psalm 34, verse 4. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called, and the Lord heard him, and he saved him out of all of his troubles. You know, we might not be poor like the rest of the world, but we can be poor in other ways. And I think that when we actually recognize that we have a, a poorness where we need the Lord, there, there's a hole there. God created that hole just for himself, and nothing else can fill it. So when we actually recognize and, and come to our senses and we say, I'm that poor man. I, I am not rich in this area. I need him. Then it says that the Lord hears us. When we're poor in a certain place, watch him come rushing in. Invite him to come rushing in and fill you. He longs to be our savior, not just a one-time deal, but all the time he wants to save us. He wants us to know that we are first and foremost in his heart and mind. And trouble, trouble's not a big deal to God at all. Mm -hmm. In fact, he allows trouble so that we'll come to our senses. And then when we cry out to him and we begin to respond to him the way that he, he wants us to come to him, then he begins to deliver us from evil. He, remember that we come to God based on his terms, not our terms. And things will go a whole lot better when we come to our senses and respond to him that way. So that's God's heart. He wants to free us, deliver us, love on us. Go, come running to him. Amen. Let's just pray. I, I just, I just want to just release, um, just give us a moment to just connect with this God who is in this room. That, um, you know, the danger of even getting together in, in meetings like this is that we end up just going through the motions and we forget that God is actually in the room He's personal, and we can connect to him. One of my favorite songs I think you know is a song that Misty Edwards sings, and she says, I, I don't want to talk about you like you're not in the room. I don't want to talk about you like you're not in the room. God is right here with us. And as Elsie just read, he's, he's there to help us in every single circumstance of life, the good, the bad, and the ugly the pressures of life, the, the highs and the lows of life. He's there with us to walk us through them, to teach us more about who He, who, who he is, His incredible love for us, the fact that He wants to um, just bless us, do good to us, transform us, make us more and more into the image of His beautiful Son. And so, Father, we just invite You to come by Your Spirit right now. And just open up Your Spirit, just step back into his embrace, just uh, open up your heart and just let the Spirit of God just come right now and minister to you.
Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, each one of us in this room, we're going through different circumstances of life right now. And we just need you, God. We just need you to come and be our advocate, be our, the one who empowers us, our comforter, our source of strength. So come and minister your life to us right now, Jesus. We took communion this morning as we, as we do every Sunday. And part of taking communion is actually based on John chapter 6 when Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He who eats of me and he who drinks of me will never thirst, will never hunger again. Truly, Jesus, our faith is that you have the words of eternal life. You are Jesus Christ, the Lord. Not only have you saved us and rescued us by, sh by shedding your own blood for us, but today, right now, we have access into your throne room of mercy and grace where we can receive every single help, every single recourse that we need. So come, Lord, minister to your people, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this month of Sundays, the month of March, the month of Sundays is, the, is our outward focus. If you're part of Castrofire, you know that we have, one of the things we do is we emphasize the three journeys of life. The upward journey, our relationship with God. The inward journey, the, the journey of, of learning how to um, deal with the issues and the hurts of life so we can be free of those judgments and offenses, etc., that Trevor was talking about, so we can receive more of the goodness of God in our lives. And then the third journey is the outward journey, where we take what, we, what we've received and we, we desire and we're um, impelled by the Spirit, compelled by the Spirit, to share that with other people. And so Amanda's going to come and uh, do a fantastic job of helping us with that. Let's just stretch our hands towards Amanda. Amanda, along with Trevor and Zuska, they lead one of our connect groups, and they're just a dynamic uh, group, and she's a dynamic human being. She loves to dance salsa. So, Father, we just bless Amanda right now. We thank you for who she is. We thank you for her journey with you. We thank you for her utter and complete devotion to you, Father. I pray that as she speaks, Lord, uh, your life would come forth, your words of life would come forth. Your encouragement to our hearts would be there for us. We, so we commit this time into your hands. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. Yeah. Um, so if you don't have a handout, you just put up your hand, and Samuel has extras. Um, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, Daniel. So uh, last spring, uh, Ramesh lent me a book on evangelism, and uh, 
I read it, and it was all about inviting your neighbors uh, to your house and getting to know them and uh, praying for them. And so my parents had had a similar message at their church, and I live with my parents. And so we decided that we would invite uh, people to our house to pray for them. And we uh, prayed about what neighbors, and we talked about who we would invite first. And um, then we invited people, and they all said no. <laughs> Nobody would come to our house for coffee. <laughs> we <laughs> invited like three or four different neighbors. One of them said yes. Three times we arranged a date for them to come, and they never showed up. <laughs> it was the most failed evangelism project I've ever done in my life. <laughs> it was so funny. And uh, anyway, we still laugh, but that just, that just didn't work out. And, um, you know, last year, I think a year ago now, we ran an alpha course uh, in just before the Connect group. And we had lots of uh, people, a lot of my um, friends from Japan came, and a lot of junior highs came, and lots of people who weren't Christians. And do you know that nobody became a Christian in our alpha course? <laughs> Although we prayed, we're like, dear Lord. And so I'm sharing these just to say today I'm going to be speaking about evangelism. Um, but I am not the be-all and end-all of evangelists, although I love it. I love it. But there have been many times when I have um, uh, done different things hoping that people would become Christians and didn't see it happen, although I believe that God has a plan. So uh, my dad, he's a real evangelist. Like, that's one of his strongest gifts. And when I was a kid, he was part of um, a group called Evangelism Explosion, EE3. And uh, they would go door to door and uh, share the gospel with people. And actually, one of the ladies on our street became a Christian and still goes to the church I grew up in uh, from that. And one of the ladies uh, at my old church uh, would tell the story about my dad, how, you know, they knocked on a door one time and the person said, no, thank you. And my dad put his foot in the door. He said, no, no, you need to hear this. My dad denies this. He's like, no, I wouldn't put my foot in the door. <laughs> but she says <laughs> that he did. And he used to um, share with us about how to, um, how to share the gospel with people. So I remember as a kid, um, one of the things in Evangelism's Explosion that they taught them to say was to ask people, if you were to die tonight and you were to um, stand in front of the gates of heaven, and they asked you, why should we let you in? What would you say? And that was one of the questions that they used. And um, so I said, well, Dad, I guess I would say, I was probably like eight. Well, Dad, I guess I would say that Jesus died for me. And he said that if I gave him my life, that I'd live with him forever. And my dad said, good answer. <laughs> However, he shared with me how many people would say, well, I guess because I'm a good mom, or I guess because I'm a good person, and, and he shared about how to share the uh, gospel. And so I grew up um, with really good training on how to share the gospel. And um, when I remember when I was maybe 10, we had vacation Bible school, and uh, my one friend at school was really into art and not a Christian. And so I told him, you know, you should come to this camp we have at our church because we do art every day. Because <laughs> part of Vacation Bible School, if you've ever done it, is always arts and crafts. And so I'm like, yeah, we do art every day. You should come. And so he came to Vacation Bible School <laughs> that, that, um, that day with me. And uh, over the years, I've just seen a lot of different um, ways of sharing the gospel with people and tried a lot of different things. And I want to share with you some of my favorite tools, some of the ones that I found really do work for me. And of course, we all have our own style. And so I'm hoping in these tools, you'll find one that sort of suits your style. 
And um, I found in the church, most Christians want to share the gospel. That's a desire in our heart because we know the Lord and we love him and we want to share it. And a lot of times it's just that, you know, we have to take a big breath and just go for it. You know, so I want to share, these things may help you be ready. You know, because if we pray for opportunities, God will give opportunities. And so if we have opportunities, then I want to go over what we can do. And so on the PowerPoint presentation, oh, we're going to go for the first one. So also on your sheet, uh, tools for presenting the gospel. Now, um, you'll see on the PowerPoint presentation, there's different, um, there are different websites compared to the ones on your sheet. I'm so sorry, the ones on your sheet are a little bit old. So if you want a website, you need to copy down the ones that are on the board up here. They are more up to date. So the wordless book is actually my favorite tool for sharing the gospel because I think I've seen over the years hundreds of children become Christians through the wordless book. Really, like, all you have to do is share with the child the gospel and they say yes. If they haven't heard it before, they say yes. You know, like, and it's so easy and so simple. So the wordless book is a book that just has five pages with colors, just different colors. And often at camp or in vacation Bible school, the kids will make bracelets with different colored beads or, you know, color with these different colors, just so easy. And when I'm sharing the gospel, like when, um, when I'm at uh, maybe a Bible study and we just feel impressed to share the gospel, this is what I have in my head because it's so easy to remember. And this is how I go through the gospel. So the first color is gold. I know it looks yellow, but it's gold. <laughs> the first color is gold. And gold represents the heaven because the Bible says that in heaven, the streets are paved with gold. And um, I think that's going to be so cool. I hope as you walk along, the gold sort of gets on your shoes. That's what I'm kind of thinking might happen in heaven. So in heaven, the streets are paved with gold. And the point of this is that God wants us to live forever with him. He loves us. He wants to be our best friend. And he wants us to live forever with him in heaven, which is like paradise. Not only choirs singing on clouds, although that might be part of heaven, but like think of your best day ever. You know, a day where you just had a lot of fun with friends and ate the food you liked and did the things you did and you felt really good. That cannot compare to how we're going to feel in heaven with a person who loves us more than anyone else, doing things that our heart has been made to do forever. You know, heaven, like, that's what, that's what God wants for us. And then the next color in the book is black. And black represents our sin. See, in heaven, it's going to be perfect. So God doesn't want sin to come into heaven because then it wouldn't be perfect and we couldn't have all that awesome time with God for eternity. So no sin, God doesn't want any sin in heaven. But um, of course, I know that there is sin in my life. I don't know about you, but in my life. I always say growing up when I first heard the gospel, and they told us this, I thought, yes, I have a younger brother and sister. I don't always treat them well. I know I have sin in my life. And so sin can't enter heaven. So if I have sin, I can't enter heaven. And so that means I'm separated from God forever. And that's not, not what I want. And the next color in the wordless book is red. And that represents Jesus' blood. See, Jesus was uh, God's son. God sent him to earth as a rescue mission for us 
because God didn't want us to be separated from him forever. And so he sent Jesus, his son, to live on earth, and Jesus lived a perfect life. His younger brothers bothered him, just like my younger brother bothered me, and he did not hit him back or call him names or tell on him to his mom. <laughs> you know, like, he lived a perfect life. And so he was able to go to heaven, but I was going to die. And so what Jesus did was he died in my place a long time ago on a thing called a cross. And he bled so that he would die to take my place so that if I wanted, I could take his place. And if I chose that, if I chose to accept that gift, then my sin, when God looked at me, would be paid for. I wouldn't have to pay the price of death. It would be paid for, and I would be as white as snow. And the next uh, page in the wordless book is white, for as white as snow. That's how I look after Jesus pays the price for my sin, and I accept that gift and receive it. That means that I can live forever with God in heaven, that he will be my best friend, and that during my life, I can learn more about how to have an awesome life with God. And the next color in the book is green for growth. On this life, you know, we want to grow to know this person who loves us more. Because when someone loves you, you want to know them. You know, and God is so awesome. He has the best for us, and we want to learn what to do to have the best possible life. And so to grow, we read the Bible, and we pray, and we meet together. And after I share this, I say to the children, so is there anybody who would like to ask Jesus to take away their sin and to be their best friend so they can live forever with him in heaven? And then the children say, yes, me. I, I just, I don't know why everyone's not in children's ministry. It's just the best ministry there is. <laughs> with the most fruit, I think of all the people I've seen become Christian in my life, only a handful have been over 18. Most, most, most of the hundreds have been under, under 18. It's just so easy. And this is what I use. And it's so great. So this is my favorite tool and the easy one. And so I just keep those five colors in my head for sharing the gospel. That's the first tool. So we're going to go to the next one, the second page. Okay, the Romans Road. Um, I used to be part of a ministry called Lay Witness Mission. And what we did was we were lay people. So this was before I was a missionary, when I was a teacher. Um, people who were not pastors or missionaries would go into a church on a weekend, and we would have a conference. And the conference was people shared their testimony. So... We, you would get up and share your testimony, and then afterwards we would have discussions. And a lot of these churches were in small towns in Ontario where people went to church their whole life but had never heard the gospel. And probably you know people like this who go to church as a culture. They grew up going to church, or perhaps they only go now, Easter and Christmas, and they have a belief of God in their hearts. Right? They believe God, they believe the Bible. If you ask them, they'll say, yes, I believe that. But they've never actually heard the gospel. They've never actually received Jesus. They've never heard the good news, the awesome good news. You know, it's so funny because people think church is so boring, but the gospel is good news and fun. That's why I love this church. It's fun. Anyway, that's just a little aside. <laughs> yeah. So the Romans Road is what I use for people who are churched 
who've gone to church but have never heard the gospel because they believe the Bible, right? So the Romans Road is a bunch of verses from Romans that takes you through the gospel. And you show them in the Bible because these people believe the Bible, right? So you show them in the Bible. The first thing you turn to is Romans 3.32. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And you speak about the glory of God, very similar to the yellow page, about how God loves us and wants to be with us forever in heaven, how his glory is wonderful, and that is what he made us for, to share in his glory. We are co-heirs with Christ, right? We were made to share in his glory, to sit in his glory. You know, the wonderful glory of God that comes and heals hearts and the glory that comes and heals bodies, the glory that comes and shows you what love is, that's the glory of God that we fall short of because we've sinned. And Romans 6, 23 says, the wages of sin is death. See, for everything we do in our life, there is a consequence. For the good things we do, good consequences. For the bad things we do, bad consequences. And there will be payment for the bad things that we do and think and say. And somebody will pay it. That's the wages of sin. The price of sin is death. That's the price we'll pay for our sin. We will die. Eternal death. Eternal death. And then Romans 6, 23b says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And I talk here about, again, I, I go over the cross here, how God sent Jesus, his son, to rescue us. How God became a man, which is, I talked about this before, so crazy to give up. Like, he didn't have a body, right? And then he went into a body, confined himself to a body. And not only any body, but a baby body. A baby body can't do anything. You know, he, God, became a baby to live our life, everything that we had temptation from, he had temptation from. You know, he lived through rainy days where his cart broke down and the person in front of him swore at him and you know, got home and there was no food in the fridge. You know, he lived through those days and was without sin. Jesus came to pay the price for our sin. You know, and when we accept this gift from God, we can have eternal life. Life. I can't wait for eternal life because then my back won't hurt. And then I won't have colds, and then there will be no fences between me and my brother and sister, and I will know for sure what God's love is for me. Like, just how awesome is this life that God has for us that we get to start now, that we get to start now, you know? Like, just, and we get to know his love now, and, and this is what Jesus did for us. Romans 5, 8 says, God demonstrates his own love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us when I hated him and called him a liar to his face, when I said, this is all your fault, this is all your fault, that I don't have money, that I'm sick, that I'm not married, this is your fault, God, when I called him unloving, when I called him such horrible things in my sin, he loved me, he loved me and made a rescue plan for me in all the horrible things I did to my brother, to my sister, and all the horrible things I've done to students over the years, you know, all, it, all the really bad things I've called other drivers. I'm so sorry, Jesus. 
while I was still a sinner, Christ died for me. I was not good to him. I was not kind to him. I did not deserve it in any way. While I was yet a sinner, he died for me. You know, what a good God. What a good God. In Romans 10, 13 says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Whoever, it doesn't matter what I've done, who I am, where I've been, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You know, I can be saved. You can be saved. Anyone can be saved. There is no lost person that God cannot save. And often here, people will say, but you don't know what I did but you don't know what I did. And I tell them, that's true. I don't know what you did, and God does. It doesn't say whoever except for Amanda. It says whoever. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. And then I say, would you like to confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord? Would you like to believe in your heart? Do you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead for you to be your savior? And then they most often say, I think I have to think about it. I have to tell you that's the most common answer I get to this especially people who've been in the church for a long time. I have to think about it. Or mm, maybe not today. You know, but the word of God says that God's word does not return to him void. That means when we speak God's word, when we go over these verses, something happens. The power of God goes out. You know, evangelism isn't only praying the sinner's prayer with someone. Evangelism is sharing the good news. You know, sharing what's in your heart, what God has done for you, you know. It's so fun to be able to pray with someone the sinner's prayer and to know that I'm just privileged because so many other people have planted the seed, have watered it, have fertilized it, let it grow, and I get to pray. You know, that's just such a privilege. And to know that I'm the first one who's ever told somebody the gospel and they have to think about it, you know, that's so great. That's so awesome. So when I talk about my failed evangelism experiments, they're not really failed. <laughs> you know, they're, they're just part of the process. Yeah. So the Romans Road, I like to use that one with people who have grown up in the church. So, yeah. uh, sorry, 323. I did it backwards, not 332. Yeah, so the first one is Romans 323, not 332. Okay, the next one. Uh, the cross is a bridge. Okay, this is the one I use the most in university um, because this gospel tool shares the gospel without um, Bible verses, without um, a lot of religion. Because a lot of people in my generation grew up never going to church. So the Bible doesn't mean anything to them. It doesn't matter the Bible verses. You know, um, so the cross as a bridge is a picture, a very easy picture to understand that just shares the simple message. And usually I share it on um, napkins at restaurants is the most common place I've shared it. There's the markers. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So 
So this is what I do. So often somebody is expressing interest in religion, right? So God brings it up in the conversation. I don't have to work my way around it. Okay, first I'm going to talk about the weather, and then I'm going to talk about my car, and then I'm going to say, do you know Jesus? Right? <laughs> Although I've tried that approach. You never know. Sometimes it works. <laughs> but, but often this is when God has already... Uh, put it on their heart to talk about it. They know that I'm a Christian. They, they've asked a couple of questions. So I say, oh, well, do you want to see what it is I believe? And they say yes. So people who are sort of interested. So, so the first thing I do is I draw two cliffs here. So this is me. And this is God. I don't draw a picture of God. <laughs> me. Yeah. So there's me and there's God. And... Uh, God would like me to be in relationship with him. And he would like me to live with him forever in heaven. And he would like me to have an excellent life. He would like me to have a really, a really great life. And he would um, like me to have eternity with him. But there's this big chasm in the way. We're separated from God. And you know, people feel that. I don't have to convince people of this. They feel it in their heart. That's why they're asking questions. Yeah. You know, and so I tell them that the problem is sin or the things we do wrong, that it separates us from God, and we can't be close to God with it in our life. And, you know, we try lots of different things. So we try good works as a bridge to God. But, you know, it, it never quite makes it. No matter how good I am, I always know I can't be good enough. And this is something people really know in their hearts because they've tried it. We've all tried it. I can't be good enough. You know, and then people try different religion. You know, they, they know that they can't do it themselves. So they try religion. You know, and again, a lot of people who are asking questions, especially when I was in university, people sort of were searching around, you know, they, they've looked at a lot of different religions, and, and they know it can't quite connect them to God. Because with religion, of course, it all goes back to good works. And we already know that doesn't work because we've tried it. You know? and, and so they try a lot of different things. They try, um, you know, some try family life or money or, you know, maybe I can buy my way to God. Maybe I can be a good enough dad. Maybe I can, you know, we try so many different things to make it. But, you know, we just can't, can't seem to make it to God. And God knew this. He knew that we wouldn't be able to make it. And so what he did was he sent his son, Jesus. And Jesus came to show us what the Father was like, to show us how to have a relationship with God. He came to be the one who saved us from all of this. All of us, all of the things that we've tried to do, all of the things we've done, he came to save us from it so that we could have relationship with God, so that we could spend eternity with God. And so I don't have an eraser, but I, I erase this, or I draw another one as on the overhead. I draw another one, and I draw the cross. And I tell them, you know, Jesus, he lived a perfect life. And he was able to have a relationship with God, to not be separated from God. And we were separate from God. We were to die. But, you know, he died in our place. So he died on a cross 
to take our place, to pay the price for all this that we did wrong, all this that we tried to do. He paid all that price so that we could have a relationship with God and get to know him better and have an awesome life and spend eternity with him. So that's how I do the cross as a bridge. And then I say, would you like to have a relationship with God? And often I find with these people, they say, well, yeah, I think I would, or I'd like to think about it, or, you know, I got a lot of different responses. I find with this one, people who are already interested are often a lot more open. Thank you very much. So, and like I said, this is often drawn on napkins and restaurants. <laughs> this one, so that was the cross as a bridge. Okay, so the next, the next tool um, is called the Four Spiritual Laws. Now, this one is an old one, but a good one. Probably many of you, if you've been in the church for a while, you've seen this around, you might think it's a bit old-fashioned. But I have to tell you, the reason I like the Four Spiritual Laws is because it comes with a little booklet. So up there the, um, at the website, you can get the little booklet, the little pamphlet. And then you don't have to remember anything. There's, so if you're thinking, oh my goodness, this is so much to remember, this is the one for you. Because it comes in a booklet. Also, Ramesh just showed me today that it comes as an app. I think God Tools. God Tools is the name of the app. So you can have this on your phone. And uh, it's very simple and easy. The other thing I really like about the four spiritual laws is at the end of the booklet, at the end of the app, it has the sinner's prayer written out for you. And it has the question. It, it, it directs you. Ask them now, do you want this? <laughs> Pray the prayer with us. It's so easy. So the first page or the, of the four spiritual laws, number one, God loves you and offers a wonderful plan for your life. And it gives a Bible verse if that's relevant for them. John 3.16. Number two, man is sinful and separated from God. Therefore, he cannot know and experience God's love and plans for his life. Romans 3.23. And, and with this one, usually I don't do much explanation. I just read it, right? That's the point of this one. You just read it. And they read it, and they ask questions if they like. They don't ask questions, you go to the next page. Three, Jesus Christ is God's only provision for man's sin. Through him, you can know and experience God's love and plan for your life, Romans 5, 8. Four, we must individually receive Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Then we can know and experience God's love and plan for our lives, John 1, 12. And then it says, you know, ask them, would they like this for their life? And if they say yes, it has the sinner's prayer. And the sinner's prayer goes something like this. And you ask them to repeat after you. Please repeat after me. And you know, dear God, I am so sorry for the things I've done wrong. Please forgive me. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. I receive that gift. I receive him as my savior. Thank you for coming into my life. Amen. Right? So that's why I really like the four spiritual laws. Easy, it's there. Okay. So the next page. So I already spoke about this question, how to know if people are Christians. Sometimes I have friends, and I'm not sure if they're a Christian or not. So I had one friend, a girlfriend, and we were all going camping, a bunch of us girls, and I decided, okay, this weekend, I'm going to find out if she's a Christian or not. And so at campfire the night, at that night, I asked her this question. If you were to die tonight and go to the gates of heaven and they asked you, why should we let you in, what would you say? And she said, well, I guess because I'm a good person. And so then I knew, oh, she doesn't truly understand the good news. And so I shared the good news with her. 
And at the end, I said to her, you know, would you like this? And she said, no, I don't think so. And her cousin sitting beside her said, yes, yes, I want this. This is great. And that night, her cousin became a Christian. <laughs> we prayed the sinner's prayer. <laughs> and she became a Christian that night. You know, you never know what's going to happen. You know, and then my friend, who um, I shared with that night, a few years later, I took her to the Billy Graham crusade, and we did not make it inside. It was the youth night, and we got there late. The doors were closed. We sat outside and listened to other people preach the gospel, and they did the gospel presentation at the end, and she went forward and became a Christian that night. You know, like, and yeah, we've been praying. I wasn't the only one praying for her. You know, like, sometimes it just takes a while. They hear it again and again. Um, my dad also uses this one, a way to start. When someone asks you how you are, if you ask them if they want to know how your day was, how your job is, how your family is, or how your spiritual life is. So my dad used to use that one at work. He was a mechanic at the TTC, and that's the one he used with the guys. Okay, so the next page, uh, probably my, one of my very favorites is personal testimony. I think it's always good to have a personal testimony ready to share with people because they may argue with you about other things, but how can they argue about your personal experience? They can't. This is what happened to you. So a personal testimony should be about three minutes, no longer. And I say this because um, when I was part of the group that shared personal testimonies, Lay Witness Mission, everyone had to share a testimony. And when people first start, they always shared a 20-minute testimony. <laughs> Half an hour just, oh, they would say, I guess somebody needed that. And we would say, no, no, <laughs> no, we're pretty sure nobody needed a 20-minute testimony. <laughs> there are times to share long testimonies, but when you're sharing with friends, three minutes is good. And so you want to choose a topic. So often people think a testimony is just sharing how you became a Christian. This is sometimes very powerful. But I find more powerful is having a topic. For example, being healed from depression, forgiving your father, finding your identity in Christ. What has God done in your life? Has he healed you of something? Has he given you assurance of something? Did he bring you through a difficult time? Yeah, like picking a topic is a good way to go. And then when you start, you want to start with a hook, you know, and that's often the most difficult time that you had. So maybe I decided life wasn't worth living. My father left when I was three. I grew up believing I was stupid. You start with the thing that's going to get their attention, and also it's open and honest. People know when you're being open and honest. You know, people know when you're sharing things out of love or out of duty, right? We share out of love because we love them, because they're our friends. They're our family. We love them, you know? So you start with the before, one minute. This is how it used to be. So you guys have heard my testimony about growing up believing I was ugly or about not getting along with my brother. That's how I start. Then you tell about how you became a Christian. That's also one minute. So one minute before, one minute how I became a Christian. Then one minute what God did to heal you, right? So this is how he healed me. Then you end with putting the ball in their court. Have you ever believed a lie? Do you need to forgive someone in your life? You know, are you having issues with feeling depressed? You put the ball in their court. You give them a chance to answer. I find I use this the most. I love the wordless book. I love it because it's so easy. But this one I really do use the most. And it's so good just asking God for opportunity to use personal testimony. 
Now, probably you've heard a lot of sermons about evangelism. <laughs> and I find so often when I'm sitting and listening to a sermon on evangelism, I start feeling guilty. Oh, no, I have not shared the gospel in such a long time. <laughs> oh, no, I should be sharing the gospel. I start feeling guilty. And even worse, sometimes there's a very um, enthusiastic evangelist who is telling me, 10 people a year should become Christians in your life. If you haven't bought Bibles for the new baby Christians, you're not doing evangelism. Maybe you've heard these similar sermons. Yeah, and, um, you know, I really love evangelism, and I really have the heart of evangelists. It's probably one of my higher um, spiritual gifts, one of my stronger spiritual gifts, and so I really understand the desire to encourage everyone to evangelize and the... Uh, uh, how hard it is seeing people not becoming Christians. But what I want to say is that God does not motivate us out of guilt. He doesn't. And so if you're feeling guilty right now, I just want to say guilt be gone in Jesus' name because that's not from God. Because God motivates us out of love. He says, I love you. I saved you. I have such love for your friends and family, and so do you. And because of your love for them, we share because of our love for them, we ask God for opportunities. And when we ask him for opportunities, he will give them. He loves them more than us. You know those people that we've been praying for for years and years. The Bible says when we ask things in his will, in his name, he will do them. And so I'm believing for my brother-in-law who will become a Christian. And I believe he will because I pray that in Jesus' name. It's in his will. I look forward to the day where he's a strong Christian man. You know, like, we pray, we share with the hope, the glorious hope that we have. Hope being that we know it will happen. Hope being that Jesus has said it's not his will that any should perish. It's not his will that any should perish. We can know we pray in his will, and that's our hope, that no one will perish, that we can pray and say, dear Lord, let us be part of it because he will do it. It's his will that no one's perishing. It's, that's what he's doing. He is giving people opportunities to know him every day with or without us, and I want to be part of it. We get to share in the work. We get to share in the reward. God's going to do it anyway, but if we ask, we can share in the reward of people becoming Christians. You know, not only the reward of um, the happiness we have, the joy we have when people we've been praying for become a Christian, but the eternal rewards, the eternal rewards that he speaks about. You know, so awesome. And so... What I want to do right now, I want to ask God if he would come and give us his heart again for our friends and family. If he would anoint us again to share his good news. You know, often for me, I find, um, Elsie was sharing the other week how it was inconvenient for her to help the lady on the street that God asked her to and that great fruit came out of it. I find often when God asks me something, it's very inconvenient. And the question is, will I put my love for God and my love for that person ahead of my convenience? You know? And sometimes I say yes, and sometimes I say no. 
but I want it to be yes. And sometimes, I remember God asked me one time to pray for the librarian at our school who is a six foot two Jewish man. And I'm like, no, God, I'm not praying for the six foot two Jewish man. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's really scary. <laughs> but, but, you know, I know that was a missed opportunity. And so I pray for courage and boldness because there are times when he asks me to do something and I say, okay. And I take a breath and I do it. And, you know, I'm so sorry, God, because sometimes I love my own reputation more than him. And I allow the fear of man, the fear of man to stop me. Because my fear of man is sometimes stronger than my love for God. And I'm so sorry, God, about that too. I want my love for you to be stronger than the fear of man. I want to fear you more than anything else. I don't want anything to keep me from sharing when you say share. Because when you say share, that's where the anointing is. That's where the Holy Spirit falls. That's where people are healed and delivered and saved. And when God says pray, I want to pray. So let's pray. Father, thank you for your awesome love, that you love us so much to send Jesus to die for us. And we just say again, yes, yes, we choose you, Jesus. We choose you, Jesus, as our Lord and Savior. Thank you, thank you for dying for us. And thank you that we can spend eternity with you. And Father, I'm so sorry for loving my reputation more than you, for taking my convenience over sharing your word. I want to love you more than anything. And you say to love is to obey. I want to obey when you prompt me to obey. And Holy Spirit, would you come and anoint us now with the spirit of evangelism? Would you just anoint us to share your good news, to know in our hearts it's good news, to want to share the good news with others? Father, would you give us your awesome love for people? Would you increase the size of our hearts? That we would love our family more, that we would love our friends more, that we would love the stranger more, that we would have your awesome heart of love for them, that we would see the, not only the God hole in their heart, but the hole in your heart that can only be filled by that person. Because you love, because you love. Could, may we just be motivated by your awesome love to share, and God, would you give us opportunities to share? Would you reveal to us when it's an opportunity, Lord? May people ask us questions. And Father, would you anoint us with boldness and courage? Really, would you give us grace for boldness and courage when it's so hard to take the step and to do it, when it's so hard to put down what we're doing, when we're going to be late for work? Father, when you say do it, would you give us boldness and grace and courage to do it? And Father, we just thank you that we're praying in your will, that we know your will is for our friends and family to be saved. Thank you, thank you. And Father, we say again, we speak to our friends and family spirits. We say, come into the kingdom of God in Jesus' name. We call them right now. Just say their names. We call you into the kingdom in Jesus' name. We speak to your spirit. Come. Father, thank you that when we pray in your will, we can have the hope that you have the hope in you that it will happen because we're praying in your will. Father, we just look forward to so many coming to you. You are good God. The gospel is the good news. Just show us more about your good news that we can't wait to share it. Father, where we used to share and, and something happened, would you heal our hearts? Would you heal what, what happened there? Would you again restore to us your spirit 
Restore to us your spirit of boldness because we don't have a spirit of timidity but of sound mind, of boldness. Oh, Father, would you anoint us again to share your gospel? And Father, I just ask a special anointing on those you've called as evangelists whose main gift is evangelism. We just say you are anointed in Jesus' name. We bless you in Jesus' name to share to many people to have the boldness. We bless you to be anointed we bless you to teach us how to do it. We bless you to pray for us to be anointed like you are in Jesus' name. We call you forth evangelists. Evangelists, if that's your main gifts, be bold in Jesus' name. We say you're released in Jesus' name. We bless you in Jesus' name. That's your gift. Go for it. We are behind you. We will pray for you. And Father, we thank you for your great heart to see many come into your kingdom. We thank you for the renewal and revival we know is coming where hundreds come into your kingdom. Father, we look forward to that day where it's just so many people come where we all become pastors to those of our friends and families and neighbors who have come to know you because so many come in. We look forward to that day. And we thank you for training us up now, Lord, for making us ready now for the great harvest that you declare is coming. You are good to us, and we want to share in your work. Thank you for the privilege that you say you will do it. You invite us to share, and then you reward us for it. The work that you're doing through us, you reward it. You're so good. <laughs> Thank you, God. <laughs> Thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amazing job, Amanda. Incredible. Thank you. Just give me two more minutes, and then we'll pray for the food. But we can't share a message like this, you know, in different ways expressing what the gospel is without inviting those who've never done this to actually, if you would like, decide to become a follower of Jesus. It's not about changing religions if you, if you have another religion. It's not about changing religions because changing religions is like this. It's like going to somebody's big party. Say it's your favorite person, whoever that may be, the prime minister or whoever, whoever, who, who is ever party you would love to go to, you're invited to that party, you go to the party all nicely dressed, and then somebody comes along and says, well, that dress you're wearing is not good enough, wear this dress instead. And so they're going, you're going to a room and you change your dress but you actually never get to meet the host of the party. Becoming a follower of Jesus is not changing necessarily one set of rules that you live by for, for another set of rules. Becoming a follower of Jesus is encountering the person of Jesus. He's a real person. You get to actually know him. So it's, a, it's an introduction to the person of God. It's, it's having a personal relationship with a personal God. Right? So, it's not about changing religions. It's not a competition of which religion is better because every single religion, including the Christian religion, falls short. Right? Because even the Christian religion can become a, a series of do's and don'ts. What we want to do, these are all attempts for... Uh, of humanity to get towards God. Jesus is God's attempt to get to humanity. 
And how many people know that God doesn't fail? So Jesus is the perfect solution to the problem of the human heart, right? So all we have to do is to simply believe. The work of, of, uh, of getting to know God is simply to believe what Jesus has done, who he is and what he's done. So if you would like to make a decision in your heart to receive this gift of eternal life that starts right now, this gift of, of the forgiveness of sins, the wall, the barrier between you and God being completely removed, you can, do, you can decide that in your heart. And you can verbalize that decision by saying a prayer something like this. So if you want to follow me in this prayer, you can do it. You can add your own words. But the main thing is to believe in your heart and say yes to Jesus. So pray something like this. Lord God, I thank you that you want a personal relationship with me. I thank you, God, that because of Jesus and the blood that he shed on the cross, you have made a way for me to have a personal relationship with you. So, Lord, I choose today to become a follower of Jesus, to accept this gift of eternal life. Father, I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins and wash me clean, as your word says. I receive you now, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you've done that from the heart, the Bible says you've been transferred, transferred from the kingdom of darkness, uh, the kingdom of sin and darkness and brokenness and lowliness and sadness and sorrow into a kingdom of life and love and joy and peace and all the good things that Jesus has to offer us. Amen. Amen. So if you've done that, please come and talk to me or Elsie or, or Amanda or one of our leaders, and we'd be happy to, to um, encourage you along the way. Amen? Amen. So Father, we thank you for uh, this food that we're about to partake of. Lord, this small little token of the joy and the fellowship and the freedom and the goodness and the laughter and the celebration that you have prepared for us. Lord, this little thing that we're doing this, this afternoon is a little token of that great banquet feast that you have promised for each one of us as followers of Jesus on that great and glorious day. So we bless you for the food. We thank you for it. And um, we're just going to enjoy in Jesus' wonderful name. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Let's eat. <laughs> if anybody wants specific prayer, please come forward. We're very happy to pray with you. And, uh, but otherwise, there's food downstairs. Everyone's welcome.
Don't feel that, you know, maybe you didn't bring food, maybe you didn't know, it doesn't matter, just show up. There's always food available. There's always more than enough is the promise of the Lord. Amen.